Your favorite PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors are right here every week on Next on the Tee. Join Chris as the greats of the game share their stories, insights and playing lessons. Now, back to Chris and more of the show. All right, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is PGA professional Jim Estes. Let me remind you a little bit about Jim's background. He is from Washington, D.C., Started off playing his college golf at the University of Tennessee before transferring back to the University of Maryland. He won the 1985 Maryland Amateur Championship, and he turned pro in 1988. He played on what was then the Nationwide Tour, now the Web.com Tour, and he won the 1989 Greater Ozarks Open. In 1995, Jim was named the PGA of American National Player of the Year. In 96, he won the Nike Inlet Empire Open. Off the course in 2007, he was recognized as Golf Magazine's Innovator Award winner. In May of 2007, Jim co-founded the Salute Military Golf Association, which you've heard me talking about here on the show for many years. Jim and his team do such great things for our wounded service veterans, either to learn or relearn how to play the game of golf. And I'm very excited that Jim is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Good evening, Jim. Thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Chris. I hope everything's well with you. I appreciate you. I remember him well. The first guy that ever wore headphones, I think, on the uh, PGA Tour. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I got paired with him a few times. A great guy. Yeah. So, Jim, it's it's so, been a minute since uh, we got to have you here. So, yeah, update me. What's talk about all the great things you're doing at the Salute Military Golf Association? Yeah. So, um, well, we've got a new executive director, Scott Allen, who just came aboard. We're real excited. We got him from the first tee. He's got a tremendous amount of experience. He, he was the assistant athletic director at GW, George Washington University. He's got a great resume, and he's really excited. Uh, he's just energized our our board and and our players and the guys in, in the SMGA are gonna are gonna really reap the benefits from his expertise not only in raising money but uh, just got a great attitude. He's just so optimistic and so excited to uh, to tackle uh, you know the the idea that we can have this American golfer program where we provide golf clubs and we provide lessons for combat wounded vets go across the country and we can raise money. Uh, you know, he's really good at that, and I'm really excited to uh, to work with him. And we, like I said, we just got him on board in January. And um, yeah, I mean, we are we've got nine locations right now, and, and we're gonna, you know, obviously we're we're looking to expand that. And the American Golfer Program, um, we really service guys that are, really aren't near one of our locations. So if you go online, any of you combat wounded guys, if you go online and fill out our form if you have a dd214 your service record um <clears throat> you'll get on a list and you'll be able to get golf lessons from a pga professional locally where you live and then you know once the paperwork's done and approved you'll get you know a set of tailor-made clubs which we love tailor-made i've been with tailor-made for a long time 20 years i think now i'm so old i don't even keep the math in my head anymore yeah, so the American Golfer Program, like, we've got a huge chapter in Boston. I mean, you know, Boston Strong, we've got so many combat-wounded guys that just love getting out there and playing golf. And Bob Beach, another Patriot Award winner, has been helping us up there. And we got a bunch of PGA pros that have been tremendous supporters. Uh, we got a guy named Brad Clayton, who's an unbelievable master professional, who's got one arm. And 
<clears throat> he's just been helping us down at, uh, you know, like Camp Lejeune and Fort Bragg. And then we got guys out in Colorado that are Paul's out there in Colorado doing a great job for us. Um, and so, you know, we got a, we got a spot there, Chambers Bay. Uh, <clears throat> we got a, a, you know, a great, a great program out there where they had the U.S. Open. And, uh, yeah, so we're, we're moving along. I mean, I'm just excited to have Scott, you know, another PGA professional aboard because we speak the same language and you know a lot of times when you have 13 board members and not everybody understands the golf business i mean they're experts and you know we got guys that have worked in the pentagon and guys that are you know really you know colonels and guys that work in logistics and working helping our military strategy i mean and they're they're great for us because they understand you know how the military works and 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 how to uh to uh you know broadcast our message to to the the powers that be in the, in the armed services, um, group. So anyway, um, back to, back to what we're doing with SMGA. I think our, our golf tournament, you know, uh, June 3rd, our annual tournament is going to raise over a hundred thousand dollars again this year. Um, and, uh, you know, we just need more, we need more support, um, from, from the, from some of the PGA professionals, um, uh, that maybe couldn't do a golf program, maybe not host an eight-week event, but maybe want to do a fundraiser, kind of like Bolds of Otter, what a great uh, cause that is, and what and they're just doing unbelievable in terms of um, getting support for the vets and getting them education, the guys that are the fallen and wounded, getting them, you know, education, money for education for the kids. And, and um, so, you know, I, we'd love to, you know, get more support in that regard. But, but you know, like the – our program, I think what's unique about it is we're small enough that we get to meet everybody. I mean, I don't go to all the chapters. Scott gets out there and I still, you know, I still have to run a business and I've got my own golf academy. But, um, you know, I just love getting out there on Saturday mornings and working with the vets. And like, this is our fourth week coming up and we've got about 40 guys and their families and their kids come out and we, we go for two hours and we might work on putting or we might work on, we have a little contest, a little game and, you know, we'll get out on the golf course. To, the uh, seventh and eighth week, and those guys will get. Now, many of them, eighty percent of our people are first timers, so they've never picked up a club, and um, they're just great. I mean, they love to get out there and learn something new, and they're you know military folks have all the character, integrity, and honor, and they respect you, and they listen to you, and they do what you, you know they do what they you know. And they're just great. Uh, so it's just an honor and a pleasure to work with all those guys. And losing my voice, sorry. <clears throat> Got a little, a little under the weather here, but uh, yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to our clinic on Saturday. I mean, I wouldn't really call it a clinic. It's kind of like a, a coaching program. We we've got nine or ten professionals, and we got about 37 guys. So we have a good ratio. Um, everybody gets plenty of help, and uh, we start from green and we move our way back. And we started with putting and chipping, and now we're with wedges, and we'll do some full swing this week and some bunker shots. So. Get those guys ready for the golf course, and then we'll have our annual golf tournament. We'll have some guys that uh, get to play with some of the sponsors. So we'll have some some guys play with the sponsors, and some of them uh, guys just get a huge kick out of playing with guys. I mean, with one arm and one leg, they can shoot, you know, maybe eighty-five to ninety. They just love that. So, Jim, for for our listeners out there that are either in that situation, they're a wounded veteran, or maybe they're a family member of a wounded veteran that. Could you right. the rehabilitative aspect of what you guys are doing? The biggest thing, Talk about like that. you said, Chris, yeah, the biggest thing is, you know, 
for me, like playing college golf, I actually had so much stress playing, and I'll never know what it was like to get shot at, but I had stress enough where I had to step away from school for I had anxiety, I had depression, I was like, couldn't focus on my schoolwork, I was, you know, gone eight weeks, and I was like, freaking out, I couldn't, I couldn't focus, and I just had to step away for, for a semester, and, you know, I went and got diagnosed with anxiety, and I was on anxiety, and, and you know, it's not, I'm not ashamed of that, you know, I mean, I was under a lot of stress, I was playing lousy, and the military has really gone, come a long ways in, in helping these guys talk about this stuff, and what's great about our program is, I don't sit up there and preach to them, but I do say, look, guys, you know, our board members, of all, well, most of them have, have served and been in combat, and we've got Purple Heart guys on our board, those are guys that have been wounded in, in combat, and we're, we're just here, and if you feel comfortable and you want to talk to these guys, I mean, they want to talk to you. We love you guys. We want to we want to build a relationship with you. Um, we want to be a part of your life, and we want to say thank you. You know, the food that we give them every week and the clubs, that's just, that's just a conduit to building a real relationship with those guys and saying, hey, we're here for you. Whatever we can do to help you in your life, you guys have done more than – anybody has ever considered doing putting your life on the line for someone else and you know for us that's what makes our program unique because everybody on our board is acutely sensitive to what's going on with those guys because they're all they've all been in the military except for the golf guys like me and scott and jamie winslow my co-founder he he played college golf but everybody else has served and been in combat and been you know got shot at so yeah i think that's what makes our, our program unique because we have a one-on-one -on -one relationship and we get to sit down and have lunch with those guys and talk to them and hang out with them and you know we just want to be their friends and you know it doesn't stop with the Great golf enough. it's a game you know our, our our slogan is you know we want to make um, golf for life we want, to, we want to radically transform people and make them golfers for life you know we want to change their lives and, and for the better using golf. Well, Jim, it's all great stuff. And, uh, you know, kudos to you and your staff for the great things that you guys continue to do with the SMGA. And, Thanks, Jim, I Chris. want to change gears. Yeah, I want to change gears just a little bit and, and get some of the stories from, from your career and some of the things that, that you've <laughs> done. And you you were low club professional at the uh, Senior PGA Championship a couple of years ago. and and this year's tournament is coming up uh, in a couple of weeks up in Oak Hill in Rochester. So, you know, curious to get your memories from what it was like being low club professional and, and the winner sort of in that segment of the tournament back in 2017. And if you're going to make yeah. the trip up to Rochester to play this year. I'm so excited to play Oak Hill. I'm playing in four opens. I never got to play Oak Hill. I know in 89 I missed by a shot to go to Oak Hill and play. So I'm really excited to play there. But, you know, like at Trump, it was crazy because I played very mediocre the first day, and I think I was, like, outside the cut line. I don't remember exactly, maybe like 100. I think there's, you know, whatever, 156 players. And I'm thinking, man, i got to play good, play really well the second day. And uh, the wind started blowing 40, 50 miles an hour, and I'm, like, playing pretty well. I started off really bad. I'm, I'm playing with Jesper and I think Jay Haas and – 
Um, it's just blowing crazy, and the wind starts blowing the balls off the green, right? And I'm at the tail end. We played real early, and I got in before the wind started really blowing really, really bad. And I just remember coming down a stretch on Friday, the 16th hole is right along the river, and the hole's like prison. It's like 440, right? And I'm hitting a drive, and I've got a full three-wood from 205 yards. And I hit my three-wood about 250, and I'm thinking, wow, I don't think I've played in this kind of weather in a long time. I know I went to qualify for the British Open one year. We played, and it was, it was like, I don't know, 40, 50-mile-an-hour winds. I, I, I remember playing this part five. I hit driver three with eight yards in, and it was 500 yards. And um, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have to hit this good to get it there. And I made par, actually hit it on the green, and I was so happy to get get it down and make a par in that hole. I haven't hit three with it. And I think I shot one over, and I moved up the board like 60 spots. So I was just elated. I think I said I had wow. one from like 100 to like, I don't know, 38 or something crazy. And then I, I managed not to... Uh, throw up on myself on the weekend and I played pretty well and finished, you know, that little club pro, but, uh, you know, I was just laughing because I got off the green, I shake Bernard Langer's hand and I go, you know, you only beat me by 16 shots. Can't you do any better than that? I mean, I'm, I don't even play golf, you know, <laughs> you know, he just laughs. And he's <laughs> um, but he couldn't be a nicer guy, you know, and I get to play back channel with him and, you know, he's like, you know, I think I'm going to hit this 138. You know, he hits the shot. It's just a little late iron. It feels like 139, and I'm like, man, that's just crazy. How do you do that? You know, I'm, <laughs> he just has so much control of how far he's going to hit the ball. He can call his shot in the air. It's like, okay, I'm going to hit this 139. Oh, okay, great, that went 138. That went 140. Whatever. <laughs> he's just, and uh, yeah, it was just fun, you know, being around those guys because uh, you just don't. You know, in the practice rounds, you don't really get to see how good they are because they're, they're not nervous and they're not, like, focused and everything. But but you can see how meticulous. Like, he doesn't even, like, when he does the yardage books, he doesn't even use the yardage book. His caddy goes in a week before and does his own yardages with, a, with like, a wheel and a string. Like, I'm like, are you serious? You're doing a wheel wow. and a string? You're going to measure the freaking course with that? And I'm like, <laughs> that's just sick. And then... You know, it's like he'll go on the green and he has this little level and he'll check every single percentage slope from every green, from every pin in the last, you know, whatever, you know. So it's like, he's like, yeah, I do a 10-foot circle around every pin that we have from the last five years and I look at all the majors and where they put the pins and, the, you know, it'll kill and this and that. And we know the percentage slope and all of them, you know, how much it's going to break right to left. And he's like, I only do 10 feet in because those are the putts I really, you know, want to make. The rest of it, we know the slope, but we don't like really care as much about that as, as we do the putts that are makeable. And he shows me a lot of stuff, but his preparation is crazy. I mean, and, and what's really crazy about the guy is, you know, he's made a zillion dollars and he doesn't need another cent and he's just out there grinding like it's his first dollar. It's just crazy. And he loves it. <laughs> he just loves it. That's why it is great. That's what makes him great. <laughs> yeah. I just have so much respect for those guys like Tiger and Phil and all those guys that are continuing to grind it and love it. They just love playing, you know, and competing. And, you know, they could quit tomorrow, obviously, you know, but they're not going to. They're just going to keep grinding. They love it. Jim, before I let you go, I, I, I want to get a playing lesson from you for for our listeners. And 
One of the things okay. that I saw you put out not that long ago on uh, social media is if, if we have a short chip shot from just off the green, but from a downhill or a severely downhill lie, how can we get the right. ball close and make sure it doesn't end up running way, way across the green or we don't scull it or dump it in a bunker? How can we get that shot yeah. close? Yeah, well, okay, well, so there's a couple scenarios. If you have a severely downhill lie, like, the thing that I tell people is don't try to use a loft because unless you're Phil Mickelson or these tour players that use loft and bounce and understand it, get the ball on the ground and learn how to play the ball along the ground. And, you know, like if you have a tight lie on a downslope and you don't have any green to work with, say you only have maybe 15, 20 feet of green to work with, and you're, say, 20 yards from the pin, and you're on a way severe downslope, what most people do is they take their lob wedge and they try to lean back and lift it, and they end up sculling it across the green. I literally would tell somebody, take a, if you're 20 yards from the flag, take a 7 or 8 iron or even a hybrid, it's just bumping along the ground like a putt. Now, it depends on, you know, like the quality of the fringe, like the fairways are tight and so on. But I would tell people, if you take a 7-iron, a, a wedge, and a lob wedge, take three different clubs, try to hit five shots, and figure out the amount of force you need for, for uh, each one of those clubs, and you'll develop some touch. But most people, in, you know, when you watch the Ryder Cup, these guys that play in Europe, you know, they have the ability to play it along the ground and they have the ability to play it in the air. And you look at the U.S. players, a lot of times they don't play the ball along the ground when it's severe wind, you know, or when there's a tremendous amount of slope in the greens or you have tremendous downslopes and upslopes. American players are used to playing everything through the air. But I would tell you to practice along the ground. So that's, you know, I, I tell this story. I had this one guy, he shanked every shot, right? And I said, okay, Jerry, what I want you to do is just take your, your seven hybrid. This is a hybrid six wood, and I want you to just hit it like a pot. And when you get 50 yards from the green, you're getting down in three. There's no more shanking it around. We're not circling the wagons. We're not shanking it all the way around the golf course. This is not going to happen anymore. And he got good with that hybrid club, and as long as there's no bunker in front of him, the guy got down in three, and he started, he dropped ten shots. Because he would typically be right around the green, 50 yards from the green, and he would take four or five shots to get down, and he'd make a six or seven. And we got him to where he was just getting it down in three, and he was making bogeys, and he started to break 100. Then he got down to low 90s, and then we started to, to give him more loft. But all I ta taught him how to do was just hit this little chip putt, stand real close to the ball, choke down on it, and hit it like a putt, and it's going to carry about say, five yards, and it's going to roll 20 yards. So it's like a four-to-one ratio. If you carry five, it's going to roll 20 yards. He got really good at it. And so back to that downhill line, that's what I would say to you. That's a long-winded one, but that's what I would say. <laughs> that's a good tip. <laughs> Jim, remind our listeners yeah. how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media. Yeah, yeah. So, Salute Military Golf Association, uh, SMGA is www.smga.org. And if you got any, um, if you want some help with your golf game, you know, I, I'm, I try to put stuff on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook every day, but I don't always do it like Chris does. He's really good. He taught me, by the way. You guys, he's the man. He's the man. He is, he is the social media <laughs> king. But, uh, um, yeah. 
so gymmasticsgolf.com, you know, I do uh, playing lessons and I do, you know, like I, we do groups, small groups, and I do private lessons too, but I'm all about getting people on the golf course and learning the game on the course. That's one thing I've learned from P. and Nielsen and Lynn Marriott and so many other great instructors that I've had the good fortune of being around. You know, if you want to play better on, you got to put yourself under pressure. And, you know, like in these small groups, I make people play with people they've never played before with. And even in like a two-hour class, I make them, like tonight, I had a guy, I said, look, you got two shots to get this ball in the green. You've got, you got a 10-yard a bunker shot, and, he, and everybody's standing around watching them. I'm like, I'll give you a sleeve of balls. And this guy doesn't break 100. And you know what? He did it. And I was, I gave him a sleeve of balls. He loved it. And it doesn't cost me, what, six bucks? But the guy's going to be my friend for life. He just did it in front of, you know, all his buddies. Or actually not his buddies, people he doesn't even know. So if you want to get better on the course, you got to practice on the course and you got to simulate your pressure on the course. That's what I say. So again, I talk too much, but Jim has to scroll back on. Yep. <laughs> ah, you're the best, Jim. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. The great work you're doing at the Salute Military Golf Association. Again, online at smga.org and, and the things that you do yeah. for, uh, developing your yeah. players is absolutely outstanding. Thank you so much for being here. All right, my man. I appreciate your help. And one of these days we're going to get you to come and play. I want you to, I know you're a busy guy, but we'll talk offline about that. I want to, I'm serious about that. I appreciate you. All right. We'll make it work. Take care, Jim. All, All right. See you and your family, my friend. All right. You too, Chris. Take care. Bye. All right. See you, Jim. That's a great Jim Estes. And again, One Golf Doc is where you can find him on Twitter, at One Golf Doc. And uh, the SMGA.org, you've heard us talking about uh, that organization for many, many years here on the show because the work that Jim and his team do there for our wounded service veterans, whether they're learning the game for the first time or relearning how to play based on some rehabilitative work that they have to do. You've heard them talk about guys who have, you know, guys and gals who have lost arms and, and parts of limbs and that sort of thing. But learning the golf swing then all over again, or like I say, maybe for the first time, the work that they do and uh, for that and about PTSD and helping uh, veterans deal with it better uh, is certainly also a part of what they do there at the Salute Military Golf Association. So check out Jim and what they do. Again, smga.org. All right, folks, time for me to put a bow on this edition of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks go out tonight to Dennis Cohn, Richard Zokel, and, of course, Jim Estes for joining me. Please give me your thoughts. Check out our page on Facebook, Next on the Team, with Chris Mascaro. Share, me, you know, share with me your, your comments right there on the page. I really appreciate it. Plus, if you've got a question, like I always say, if you've got a question for one of the guests who is on tonight or a previous show or a future show, please go on our website, nextonthetea.net. We've got our guest scheduled there for you. So if you've got a question, let me know. I'll be glad to get it on the air for you. Folks, thanks again for choosing to listen to this show today. We really appreciate the fact that you're making Next on the Tea part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. on the G with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Tuesday.